like being on that trip and going like, the reason my family is suffering financially, the reason that my daughter has epilepsy, the reason that my wife has health problems is because I'm following Jesus. This is my fault. And I was broken, right? This, this is my fault that everybody is suffering. And it was that first narrative, beat myself up. My sin must be doing this to my kids and to my wife. Like, that's totally where I was at. And by God's grace, I, we were, you know, a couple months later, still running hard, still trying to find affirmations, still trying to perform. And uh, I was on this backpacking trip, and, and I, was lead, I was training guides. And we had this, it's called a... a encouragement walk and so you meet somebody you encourage them you walk to the next person and so on and so forth and this girl that grew up in a missionary um, family overseas she gets to me not knowing that this is what's going on in my heart and she goes your family doesn't need you to stop doing ministry your family needs you to a dad that obeys Jesus and just spoke directly to me it didn't resolve the like why am I trying to perform and be affirmed in ministry right the idol there but God just spoke to my heart in the midst of my suffering. I think about this, in the midst of that time when I was just clinging to Jesus, I was reading Psalm 63. In the midst of Psalm 63, David's running for his life, and I was always like, oh, my life's doing pretty good. I'm not, I don't have like a whole herd of guys trying to hunt me down. David's got it worse, and in the midst of Psalm 63, he starts to declare, God, your love is better than life. And there's, he's in the desert with people hunting him, and that's his response? Like, I'm missing something. He's like, I meditate on you, Jesus. Like, or, God, you're, I'm so satisfied in, in you. He's like, Am I, you're the thing that holds me up. He's, he's declaring what God is doing for him. Right? He's recognizing that God's in the midst of it and just saying, I'm going to worship you. And I had just missed that. Now, that was a turning point for me to just surrender. God, I, I want to do, I, I'm trying to serve you, but I'm realizing I'm doing that wrong. Would you help me? And David, you know, he's like, I, I surrender to you, whatever your will is. And that was so freeing to me to go like, God, you're writing Eliana's story. And if you have epilepsy in her story, then you're going to redeem that. And that's going to be great. And he did. He healed her, praise the Lord. She hasn't had a seizure in, in years. And same with my wife. God, if you take her, that's the story that you're going to write. And you're going to be enough in that. And God, if you, if you keep her and we struggle, that's fine. And starting to go, God, I surrender to the story that you have for me. Right? That's where David was. He was surrendered to God's story for him. Because God writes her stories so much better than we can write. And he's saying, man, there's, gonna be, there's going to be suffering. But it's not going to be without purpose. And when we surrender, instead of spiraling, we take a step forward and we start to, to come up and we start to, to walk in God's promises, right? Like the Thessalonians who put their faith in God's word. God, you are sufficient in my suffering. You are the thing that satisfies. Right? And I love this in that, in that purposes for suffering, it doesn't stop there. And I'm going to read this last paragraph as I think these are 
This is significant. In the last paragraph, he says, this is the end of chapter 3, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, as we do for you, so that he may establish your, um, your hearts blameless in holiness before God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. I'm just going to go back and go, this is a prayer. This is uh, Paul's response. He's wanting them to grow. And he says, I want you, the Lord to make you. And we need to make sure. It, who's going to make them increase in love? That's going to be the Lord. So he wants the Lord to make um, them increase and abound in love for one another and for all people. So let's just make this clear. He's praying for them to grow in love for each other and for the, the whole world, and he's saying that only God can do that. And his prayer is saying, God has to make you increase in love. And he says that, so that, so why does he want their love to increase? So that he may establish your hearts blameless and holiness before God. Sometimes I think holiness is this word that's like hard to like figure out. Because it's, it's just so set apart. It's like, what is holiness? And this is this unique like I am just some aspect of holiness. And he's saying that love and holiness, they're not equal, but they're close. He's saying if you grow in love, you're going to grow in holiness. And that they're tied together. And he's saying, you, you, I want you to grow in love so that you grow in holiness. And I think what happens when we suffer is we grow in love. Those who suffer the most tend to love the most. And that's not just this plea to suffer. It's this, this reality that I see as people who tend to have hard stories and also have compassionate hearts and love people in the midst of hard things. And he's saying that also has, it's going to produce something in you. It's going to produce holiness. You're going to be presented in front of the king as blameless. In the midst of our suffering, God is doing something. It's not in vain. He's, he's producing something in you. He's growing your love. He's growing you in holiness when we are surrendered. When we're saying, God, I trust in your promises. I trust that you are at work. I trust I'm surrendered. I, I just want to bring up two things. I'm just thinking about this growing in love. One is just looking at Paul's words here. He just... This whole book is flooded with words of building people up. And I just, one of those aspects of you growing in love, I say, is think about your words. Think about what you say to it. Are you building each other up? Are you entering into the suffering? Are you listening? Are you using words for the glory of God? Or are you causing suffering with your words? And the other aspect I see Paul just bringing into Thessalonians is he says, I didn't just bring the gospel, I brought my very life, and he's bringing himself. And I would just ask, are you bringing yourself into the relationships with people? Are you demonstrating that love? Or are you using people for what you can get from them? When you walk into a room, are you there to say, hey, what can I give away? Or what can I get Right? Do you see the people in this room and what, what they need, or do you just see what do you need from the people in this room? Right? In every other room. 
Paul is saying, I want you to go into a room to give, to see the people, to give away, to be like Christ, to enter into other people's suffering and not just be so focused on yourself. And I'm sure you are suffering as well, but you know what? That's what the body's for, is to build each other up. And I finally see this. This, is, this comes out of the gospel, right? This is, this is who Jesus was. He came and he suffered and he died. Why? Because he loved us. Because he came and injured and, and he suffered so that there would, he would end suffering for eternity. Think about that. He suffered so that he would end all suffering. And it was because of the joy set before him. Right? I don't think he saw, oh, this is going to be the suffer fest. I think he saw the joy set before him. This is what's going to show love to the, all these people, and they're going to be able to be, say, set free from suffering because of what I get to do for, and be obedient to the Father. And I'm going to charge you, is that how you're going to live? Are you going to live under that gospel to say, hey, I'm going to enter in for the joy set before me. I'm going to pour out love. I'm going to see those people who are around me that have an eternal suffering in front of them? Are you willing to take a risk and a step into that suffering and to say, actually have an answer to the suffering that's in front of you and is right now? Right? Jesus was controlled by love. He was controlled and obedient to the Father into that word. And I'm going to put my faith in God's word when he says he is sufficient for me, I'm going to believe that. When he says, I'm forgiven, I'm going to walk in that. Right? And I'm going to help others to be set free by those same truths. And I'm going to abide in what God has done for me. Right? And that is, that is the hope. And I'm going to say, one last charge is, is looking through, like the last time I'm going to talk to you about this awesome, like, great commission. And part of what we're, where we're going in this text is looking at the return of Christ. And he's saying that there's a task that is yet to be done to make all nations known. Right? That there's a task in front of us, and he's inviting us for the joy set before us to enter in and say, hey, I want to make all people know that they are set free from suffering by a Savior who took our place, who died for us, and can enter into our pains and can set us free from the hard things in our life, and we don't have to spiral and try to expend ourselves trying to make it better. There's actually an answer to the hard things in our life, and God can restore relationships with him and with the people around us, right? That is what he has done at his work on the cross. As we close, I just want to think about this these chapters and, and really this Thessalonians in light of I'm not just reading it as Paul writing to the Thessalonians, but God writing it to us. And, and just this, this idea that God is writing this to us and he's saying, church, do you remember when I came to you and you believed? Do, do you remember the, the labor of love that we've done together? Do you remember the work that I've poured out through you on your campus? Your faith is being heard of. You know, you've imitated those who have gone before you. You've turned from idols. You know, and I, I'm with you. You know, I might not be with you in person, but I sent the Holy Spirit to affirm in you that you are loved by me, that you are not alone. Just as Paul sent Timothy 
Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit to us. He's saying, do you remember when I was with you? Do you remember that I was with you night and day? Do you remember I am interceding for you? Do you remember the work that I did for you so that you might know I didn't come to be served, I came to serve you. Right? This is just a summary of the, you know, the book of Thessalonians. Is God is saying his words to you, and these are true. He loves you. He longs. I love, Paul is like, I long to be with you. I long to know that you are okay, just like Dean wanted Sam to be okay and not to be suffering. Jesus says, hey, I long to be with you, friends. I long to be with you face to face. And that's coming. That will come, and yet there's work to be done. And I'm going to equip you to do that work. And I'm going to help you love and to be presented blameless in front of the Father. And that is the work that Christ has done for us. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, thanks so much for the work that you have done for us. God, I, I just... I know that there's suffering in this room. And I know, there is, I know in my own life, God, there's ways that I spiral. There's ways that I try to cope without you. There's ways that I, I find my own means to try to deal with the hard things in my life. And yet, I, God, I, I pray that we would turn to you. We would trust in your word as the Thessalonians did. God, we'd see your purposes in suffering, that they are our eternal purposes, that it's not in vain. And God, I pray that these students would grab a hold of those purposes, that they would trust you, that you are doing something. Rather, you, um, they would turn to you in, in the comfort that you provide in the midst of our suffering. That we look to the, the work of the cross to know that, God, you suffered so that all suffering would end one day. So, God, we put our trust in you. And we pray, God, would you teach us to love, grow our love, grow our holiness, present us blameless, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you guys please stand?